Welcome to Lighthouse Church's Sermon Podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged with today's message. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad you came out today. It's a good day to be alive. Behold, the winter has passed, the spring has come. Amen. Well, I'm starting a new series today called As in the Days of Noah. And I just want to say that this phrase comes from actual scripture. And it's found in Luke 17 when Jesus, 2,000 years ago, compared what the atmosphere of the earth would look like at the time of his return. So just to give you an idea, when Jesus made that declaration, he said, it's going to be like the days of Noah when his second coming appears, when he appears on earth. And it's not to scare us, but to prepare us. So I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, if, if you understood the theme of that message, of that video, it's beginning to rain. Now, I don't mean that physically, obviously. I'm talking spiritually. The sound of rain is here. The tide of wickedness is increasing. Um, you know, some of those pictures, some of you might not even know, like the guy that just came out with the sneaker that it's called the Satan shoe, and they've made 666 of them. The actual soul is mixed with actual human blood. It's got a upside-down cross on it. It has the pentagram on it. It's like out-and-out rebellion, and it's being celebrated, okay? It might seem shocking to us, but the world, it's so so callous that they just receive it. And uh, Cardi B, if you know who that is, if you don't, you're better off. And, I mean, I say that on all seriousness. Uh, She's being voted woman of the year. And so we understand that we're living in a time That is a very fragile, fragile time in the sense that we are so close uh, with the precedence of our entire world stepping into the end times completely. You know, you've heard me preach on the end times, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I could probably preach on the end times every other month with as much prophetic stuff that's taking place. Right, we are seeing it rapidly. Matter of fact, um, if you look in the um, in the book of Daniel, Daniel actually makes the statement that the end times are going to come in like a flood. Isn't that interesting? Right. So Jesus compares and says, "As in the days of Noah." So I want you to look at the scripture with me this morning. This is where it comes from. Uh, Just so you get a little bit of background, Jesus was being asked. By, listen to this, not by his disciples, but being asked by Jewish leaders, what would the signs of the times be? What would it look like be? And what would it look like at the end times? And so he makes this statement. He goes, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. So he's saying, just like it was, in the day of Noah. And I'm going to decipher that even more next week. I'm going to really get into what happened during Noah's day and how that relates to us and how it's prophetic and the symbolism and all that. But today I just want to lay the foundation for this message. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to, you know, tell you right up front, this is going to be uncomfortable. Is anybody okay with uncomfortable? It's kind of uncomfortable when you look at yourself. Come on. We're really good at deciphering other people's sins, right? We're really good at, oh, my gosh, you see so-and-so, they're doing this, this, and this, right? We're, it's hard when we look at ourselves and see our failures and our failings and our misgivings, right? It's hard when we recognize that maybe we have some of the things that even Jesus was talking about. This is going to be uncomfortable for some, 
it'll be probably even painful for others. But sometimes we need painful. We need uncomfortable because it jars us out of our lethargy. Amen? So the next few weeks, we're going to dig deeper into this and what it actually means. So I want to talk by saying the first couple of, or the last couple of years that we've experienced on here on earth is unprecedented in many, many different ways. Can you imagine if you just jumped a month, or, or I shouldn't say a month, a year back, we were really entering into the whole COVID pandemic thing. You jumped two years back, you know, three, four years. Think about it. Uh, you know, we voted in a president. Um, crazy things have happened, but it feels like, if I could say it like this, it feels like almost time is quickening, right? And I know there's that saying, and it's true, the older you get, the faster time goes. But I, I think it's even happening overall. The Bible talks about that the, um, the reaper is going to overtake the sower. In other words, there's going to be a quickening of time. Time's going to kind of almost uh, slow down or, or quicken up, and it's something that we can't really measure per se. The seconds are still seconds, minutes are still minutes, but we're going to have a sense in our spirit that something going on that's reverberating that is moving forward like a freight train. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the New Testament to make sure you do what? Redeem the time, right? To redeem it, okay? So there's something about time in this last age that is going to really, really play a big part. So it's almost like it's quickening, right? We have seen society take a large step, and not just a small step, but in the last couple of years, I would say even the last decade, a large step to the left. Now, I'm not talking politically, right? Let's get, I need you to take off your politics and your hat and what you stand and where you stand and so forth. This is a spiritual message based on spiritual principles, based on spiritual, the Bible. So take off your political hat. We've taken a large step to the left. We've taken a large step to the left. And I've told you this many times before, but what happens is the church seems to be content as long as we stay a certain measure behind the world. So before, 20, 30, 40 years ago, this was the world, this was the church. But what's happened is as the world's gone left, we have too. And so where they are now, you know, basically where they are now, we were them 20 years ago. And it just seems like we keep following them more and more. And how many people know that's not what God wants us to do? He just doesn't want us to be a little bit different. He wants us to have a stark contrast in our character, how we talk, how we walk, how we think. Come on. Anybody out there this morning? Amen? So there's supposed to be that difference. And so Jesus, again, warning us, saying, declaring, not to scare us, but to prepare us. This is what it's going to look like in the last days. Can I be honest with you? None of us should be surprised. I can't say that to you enough. If you're surprised by what's going on, then you don't understand what sin does. Sin always propagates. Sin never stops getting hungry. It always eats. It will find new ways and creative ways to eat more. Just when you think you've heard it all. I was reading the headlines this morning, blown away by the headlines. Some mother stabs her three little kids, kills them. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, how is that even possible? But it's so commonplace today that we probably don't even think much about it. Oh, there's another one. And then we highlight another shooting going on over here and another shooting going on over here and then this mass shooting. And what they want to do is they want to deal with the symptoms. And you know me, if you ever talk to me, see my Facebook post, we don't have a gun issue, we have a heart issue. We have an issue with people's hearts. Nobody normal wants to kill somebody else. There's something rapidly wrong inside their heart. Something's changed. You never, oh, you never get the point of wanting to destroy someone's life unless your conscience has been seared. 
And don't, come on, don't think for a second that that is not entering into the church in some shape or form. Now, I'm not saying murders. I'm talking about even our words killing people. It's important we get this. What would have been considered abhorrent a few years ago is being celebrated, and I could even say this, forced upon everybody. Come on. And whether you understand it or not, it's coming for you. It's coming for us. My wife actually said this this morning, and she was half joking, but she was being serious. She goes, you know, Sean, we are out there. Sooner or later, this probably is going to hit us some way or the other, right? You're, you're feeling like some, you know, we're going to get persecuted because, you know, we speak, we try to speak the truth. Can I be honest with you? The truth is not in vogue anymore. So I want to start by talking about this topic. If you're taking notes, write it down and write it down big because this is a big issue in our culture. The Apostle Paul confirmed in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, this is what he says. It says, before Christ's return, the world would have perilous times. Say perilous times. Are we living in perilous times? Yes, we are. Okay, filled <laughs> Come on, this is, you got to understand, we read the Bible, we just don't read it, we read it. What does that word filled mean? Everywhere. Does it say outside of the church? No. Everywhere. Every denomination. And we see it happening. Filled with pleasure-seeking, materialism, immorality, violence, idleness, and rejection, a rejection, I've told you, when you, get into, when you, when you start rejecting God, it's not just simply saying, well, I, I prefer not. But when you reject God, that's like pushing him away. That's where deception comes in and replaces it, always, always, always. So if I could say it in my words, immorality, violence, idleness, and a complete deceitfulness will overtake people. A major reason for God bringing the great flood was what? The earth was filled with violence. Now consider the age we're living in. There's been an alarming increase in global violence just in the last 100 years. Wars in the past 90 years have killed more people than the previous 500. I'm going to give you some more stats, so if you're taking notes, you can. So wars in the last 100 years kill more people than the previous 500 years. And some of you say, well, that makes sense. Well, let's keep going. An estimated 203 million people were killed by wars just in the 20th century. If you look at that, that's half our population in our country, completely wiped out. Violence. Next stat. Between 170 and 360 million people were killed by governments in the 20th century apart from war. So you need to see this, ready? So not only 203 million people died because of war, another at least that much, if not more, died apart from war. What does that mean? Uh, genocide and all the other things that go along with governments and governments controlling and, and, you know, what's happened around the world in China. And I mean, if you profess Christianity in China, you could be killed for it. I mean, we don't understand really, even at this point, how good we have it, but that's rapidly changing. So think about how many, of them, we're talking the entire population of this country gone because of violence. Is that sobering to anybody? That's sobering to me. That makes me realize I, if I was God looking down, I, I'd be, I would, I would kind of feel like maybe he felt in Genesis like sad that he made him mankind. Recently, listen to this, more civilians have been dying in armed conflicts than combatants themselves. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, the people that are doing the killing, the innocents, 
the innocent people, 90% of all of the, uh, of the people that are killed by these armed conflicts, um, 90%. So in other words, if somebody comes in, they're trying to target somebody, 90% of the people that, are die, that die are innocent victims. They're people that are just spectating. You see how many times we just saw somebody, some young little kid, single digits, died because of a stray bullet. Happens more and more. And I want to tell you this. Listen, listen, you, you got to catch this. Can I be honest with you? All of this, please hear this, is leading to us to what? To become calloused. To become numb to it. And when, I, when we were young parents, it wasn't too long ago, for a couple years. I remember when we were raising Bree. Bree couldn't listen to any secular music. Would not, we wouldn't dare let her watch a movie over PG, probably G. Teletubbies was our friend. And then what kind of happened is the twins come along, and they were a whole different animal. And we began to let them maybe watch a little bit more. But still, they were limited in what they could watch. And I remember when we had that eye-opening experience on the phone where they said some things we couldn't believe they were saying it in sixth grade. We, were, we thought we, we totally failed as parents. But then Emmy, we've, like, put not a whole lot of restrictions on her. And some of that is good because, listen, you can overdo it where you force your kids to be a certain way, and when they get out of your home, they rebel and do all kinds of crazy things. we got to be careful of that. But I, I was looking back in my life and remembering what we let in our house was so much less than what we let now. And part of that was we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have all these channels. We didn't, we didn't have access, ease, ability of access. I can go on and watch whatever I want, right? You can watch whatever you want within a second. That wasn't there, believe it or not, back then. Cell phones were just starting out. Computers were, do you guys, anybody remember Windows? Me? Windows 98? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I, I grew up on that stuff. That was part of my upbringing, right? So they were just coming out. There was no such thing. So, so listen, technology as much as it's been good, it's been equally as bad because it's brought access to things that you would not believe. You know we're in a different age, hear me, when your kids let you know about the latest trends. The whole world and all that it has to offer good and bad has been given to our children. Another form of violence that to me is the top violence, again, this is harsh, harsh in the sense that it's hard truth, is the deliberate abortion of innocent babies by the millions every single year. So this National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Responses to Terrorism, it's called START. Listen, this lady who works for this company has documented more than 125,000 Terrorist attacks since 1970. There's been more, but that's how many they studied. Listen, this is what she said. This was on CNN. Sadly, it seems to be increasingly acceptable in certain belief systems to kill as many members of the other religious community as possible. And then she concludes this, and I want to go, hello, moral restraints seem to be eroding. Can I be honest with you? Morality is what keeps you from being crazy, from doing crazy things. Morality is what keeps you from robbing the bank. Morale, come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. We, when you see, 
When you see a, a, a family going on vacation from Lancaster and they accidentally run somebody off the road a little bit and that guy comes up beside them and shoots three or four times in the car and kills the wife, there's something wrong. Morality is what makes you say, you know what, this gun I have is for my protection. It's not to shoot some innocent person because it made me angry. But that's where we are as a country. Moral restraints seem to be eroding. Jesus Christ said this, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, and blasphemies. Out of where? The heart. Where? The heart. In your heart is where you treasure things up. Guess what Jesus changes when he takes you over, when he transforms you, when you get saved? Your heart. What needs transformed in this country? Your heart, our hearts, what needs not to change? Gun laws, people, come on. But we're missing it. We're, it's, we're dealing with a symptom, trying to cut down when we're, we want to ignore the fact that morality has gone to an all-time record low in this country, and we're reaping what we sow. The Bible says sin, the wages of sin, you know, what you get for sin is death. And we're witnessing it right before us, out of the heart. We're currently living in an age where Vices are becoming more commonplace. Guess what? This sounds, you know, absolutely true, but they're finding this out because they've got to do their studies. Studies are now showing that there's a direct connection between media, media violence and youths exhibiting violent behavior in society. Well, well, well. The most popular video games right now are shooters. You know what that means? Yeah, it means you're shooting somebody. Now, I'm not going to say everybody that plays Fortnite or everybody plays Call of Duty, they're going to become a murderer. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying what the devil is doing is he's numbing us to violence, to violence. Some of the top, top-rated YouTube videos, top-watched, catch this. Guess what they are? Fights. Women fighting women. Men fighting men. Men fighting women. The highest viewed. We have a heart problem. We have a heart problem. Studies show in the United States a typical child will view more than 200,000 acts of violence, including 16,000 murders on television before the age of 18. Now listen, I'm going to say right up front, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This, this ain't your grandpa's America anymore, right? We know that. But some of the things grandma and grandpa believe were maybe a little over the top, like you couldn't play cards and go to the movies. But can I be honest with you? They probably were right when they said, listen, don't go to rated R movies. They were probably right when they said, don't gamble. Devil, every day we just kind of go along with the, and we, and, and we don't think much of it until we see numbers like this. And all of a sudden we're like, are you serious? That's ha- that, we, we, we've let that into our home? Yeah, we have. Yes, we have. Television programs display 812 violent acts per hour. That is true. The hallmark's even becoming a whole different issue. A recent study found that 15% of music videos contain interpersonal violence. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's very low. I think it's gone up through the roof even more than that. And then I've already touched on this one. And of all this 200,000 acts of violence by the time they're 18 years old, doesn't even take into account violent exposure and it basically is accessed through the Internet and then video games, which probably equals that amount, if not more. 
Because most games, now I'm going to be, listen, I'm going to let you choose where you want to fall. This isn't a uh, message for you to say, oh my gosh, we all have to fall in line because I don't believe that because I believe Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you what to do. But most games today, the whole point of the game is violence. As the violence of this age increases, God's message becomes more fitting. Look at this scripture that he talks about in the end times. He says this, there is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing, and committing adultery, they break all restraint. With bloodshed upon bloodshed, do you realize this is Old Testament? This is pre-Jesus by a couple thousand years, by, by several hundred years. Therefore, the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away. Can you see? And I can only speak to America, but it's happening. I mean, actually, Europe is like 10 years ahead of us. It's gotten bad. And I, I'm just, the world, we're wasting away. I could go into so many more things with this. But I want to end this, and I, I got some more stuff to go. We're going to talk about President Trump next. Here we go. But what the devil intends for evil, what does God always do? Turn it for good. So keep that in mind. Now let's look at President Trump. Okay, ready? How far has our country fallen that we had to elect a man that was best known for saying, you're fired. See, if you like Trump, you're just like, well, no, no. Think about that. We had to elect someone so far out of politics, so far out of the mainstream, because we were tired of what we were seeing. Whether you like him or not, I don't care. This isn't politics. But what astounded me in the last four years is how much vitriol and hatred they had toward this man. They hated him, and they did everything in their power to try to get him removed. From the first year he was there, they tried to impeach him to the very last minute when he wasn't even there, they tried to impeach him. Something was going on. Something happened behind the scenes. Something was stirred up that I don't even think we see yet. And I'm not talking about voter fraud. I'm not even going to get into that this morning. I'm talking about demonically. This is spiritually. Something demonic was released. It's unlike anything I've seen in my 50-plus years. Listen, I wasn't a fan of Bill Clinton, but when Bill Clinton was elected, he was my president. I did support some of his progressive agendas, and, and even when he ended up getting caught for having an adultery, uh, I, didn't, I didn't sit there and rip him apart. He was still my president. Come on, there's character holes in everybody, but for some reason, this man took hatred to a whole new level. Now, do you remember when he was first voted in? Listen, listen, please, please don't catch. If you're taking this as a militia message, you're missing it. When he was first voted in, the first accusation, and I think actually this was before he was voted in, as he said he was going to run. You know what the first accusation they leveled against him? That he was having inappropriate relationships with his daughter. So you don't remember that. That was the first thing they said with, a, with a, what's her name? What's the blonde? Ivanka, is that her name? Who goes there? Who does that? Without proof, who levels that kind of accusation? Can I be honest? I believe Donald Trump came on the scene, and all of a sudden the devil goes, oh, no. He's going to expose some things because he ain't bought. Now, let me honest with you. I personally loved him. Can I tell you why I loved him? How about if I tell you first what I didn't like about him? I thought he had a big mouth. I thought he was arrogant as all get out. He just gave a speech that I'm like, shut up. 
I wish no, some, some, his kids would never have showed him how to get on Twitter. Come on. He was a brash, arrogant man. But I want to tell you something else that happened. He turned some things. He exposed some things. He began to lift up the carpet of things that had been stuck under there for years and people didn't like it. And I want to tell you, it wasn't people. It was demonic. It was like the hordes of hell were released against that man. I don't care if you love him or you hate him. You have to admit things were done to him that has never been done to any other president ever. Not even close. They're talking about his... His, his, his past. He had huge holds in his character. Did you know President Kennedy did too? We honor and revere him. People still cry about his assassination. You know who knew that he was having an affair? The press. You know who covered for him? The press. This is sound political, isn't it? No, I'm trying to get you to realize how much we are in the times of Noah when there was so much violence Violence. They talk about silence as violence. Are you kidding me? The absolute animosity that was revealed in the last four years was stunning. And what I saw, this is the craziest thing. I saw families and marriages separated over it. Is that strange? I mean, I, I, I've known families that there's the, the one person's a Democrat, the other Republican, and they've been married for years. No problems. And all of a sudden, Trump comes along. They don't even look at each other. They can't even stand each other. Some of them separated. I know for a fact there's people that haven't been invited to family functions because they supported Trump. I want to tell you something. That's a scary place. Yeah, it is biblical, absolutely. I believe President Trump was used by God to expose the demonic in our government and around the world, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. I think the devil had enough. But I say it again, but what the devil intends for evil, God turns into good. Are you staying with me? I realize it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going long here, but there's a lot of information I want to give you. Fast forward to 2020. Remember, again, how this all ties in. 2020 unleashed a flood of details involving the prophetic in the last days. I'm going to share some with you. As much as it was geared and much of it was geared towards laying down your rights as a citizen and blindly listening what the higher-ups were saying. I want to go into this. The first thing I'm going to cover is the COVID-19. Now, I'm going to stay right off the, say right off the bat, COVID-19 is absolutely real. Why? I had it over Thanksgiving. It's nasty. It was a good flu. I had the uh, fever, sore throat, everything. The worst part about it is for the next 10 days, I had no energy. It was miserable. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a real disease. I am not saying it's not. So if you come out of this thinking I'm, I'm saying I'm lessening it or lowering it, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that people up in the higher-ups weaponized it, and it's a shame. Okay? See, at the end of March, people were still undecided. What to do about it. Some were saying it was the flu. Some were saying, you know, the newspapers, even the New York Times saying it wasn't that big deal to ignore it. Dr. Fauci, who's now a superstar, even said to stop, you know, not to stop traveling, keep traveling. We were told to wear masks, not to wear masks, wear two masks, you know. Um, you, I think you know now what that N95 mask is. I never even knew what that was. They said to scrub your packages for the virus can remain on it for three days. Make sure you scrub your counters because it can remain. Then it's all of a sudden, no, it doesn't lay, stay on services. Now, I recognize early on they were just learning about it. So I want to give some grace there. But what I did notice, which is amazing to me, if you look back, if you look back, and again, this is not, this is not politically motivated, but if you look back, there was a moment in time about the end of March 
where universally around the world something changed. Now, you can catch this. This is good. Universally, everybody, every leader of, of the known world began to speak the same language. Does that sound biblical? One world government, one world language. One, come on. They spoke the same language. What do I mean? They weren't speaking English. They weren't speaking French. They weren't speaking Spanish. But they were using the same terminology and phraseology within a matter of like two weeks. Ready? Social distancing. Super spreader events, flattening the curve, sheltering in place, mandatory masks, lockdowns and quarantines, and now vaccines. It's become weaponized. It was weaponized and universally used to control the world, listen, through fear. Now, I'm going to say something that might maybe make you a little upset because I don't have the, the proofs to back this up. I heard this recently said. I'm interesting to see if this ever does come out, but I heard a, a report that was just re- given that of the people that have died, 500,000 plus, only 6% actually died from COVID. The other 94% died from two, at least two other comorbidity items, one of them being obesity. So if that ends up being the truth, I want to tell you, they used fear to gain control of the world. I have friends that are still locked in their houses from fear of dying. Maybe I should say that a different way. Christian friends. Big box stores are okay with hundreds of people being able to freely come and go, yet small family-run businesses were deemed unnecessary. How is it possible that a big box store can have thousands of people a day come through there, and that's okay, but a small business that maybe has 50 total needs to shut its doors? Come on. In the same time, these same stores made record profits over this time while fi- family businesses went bankrupt. Are, is anybody catching this? Is anybody understanding the individual right was being stripped from them? Come on. Casinos, beer distributors, and strip clubs were okay to be open. Did you know that? They left strip clubs open. But guess what? Churches weren't. Come on. Some churches were fined, and even north of the border, some pastors were forced to go to jail for a period of time. They were forced to close. They were derided and persecuted if they didn't um, comply with the federal mandates. Pastors were being put under arrest and jailed if they disobeyed. Social gatherings were legislated. I had never heard of such a thing. You couldn't even hang out with your own family. Social gatherings were being legislated with church services deemed Un or non-essential. Before COVID, this is facts, true numbers. About eight thousand. Come on, whoo! Help me out, Lord. The church is a dying breed. Can I be honest with you? It's dying. The church in America and around the world is dying. I need to tell you this. You need to hear it. Just because we're full on Sunday mornings, this is not a. This is not typical. This is atypical. Eight thousand churches a year are closing its doors in the United States. Eight thousand. Because of COVID, that number is going to jump to 16,000 churches are going to close its doors in the last year. 16,000. Now, some of you might be like, well, some of those churches. It doesn't matter. That's churches. That's the possibility of the gospel being preached and reached and the community being transformed. If that doesn't scare you, come on. But every day, a dollar general is going up. 
This is how good they were. This is how good they were. Some of you, if you're going to get upset with me, text me this week. I will not text you back. Email me. I'll probably not email you back. This is how good we were. 99% of the churches in America last year shut down for Easter, the greatest holiday of the year where we declare the victory over Satan. We complied. We did. We were trying to do our part, right? That's what we were told. Try not to overwhelm the hospitals. How far have we fallen as a culture where we actually believe Walmart is more essential to our well-being than our church is? And what does that say about our churches? When the government and people higher up and the people, oh, see, if you were on any kind of social media, you know that if you kept your church open, we've had comments on our Facebook page. Where's your social distancing? Where's your masks? Why aren't you shut down? I sit in there, you walk into an airport, and they're set apart six feet, and then they get on that little plane with 400 people on top of each other breathing each other's air. But that's okay because we got travel. We got to go on vacation. But church is not essential. I'm going to make a point here in a second, not just ranting. The government began to tell you when you could go to church, how much you could go to church, what you could wear, and if you could actually sing. They legislated singing out of churches, and churches obeyed. Somebody wake up. See, what we don't realize is this. If you don't attend a church, then you can't have two or three coming together, and he can't be in your midst. When you don't have two or three coming together, you can't move mountains. See, it's not just simply building, coming into a building. It's the act of when we come together and sing together, something takes place spiritually. They legislated that out and said, okay, just stay home and watch it on TV. We are missing the core element of our faith. The scriptures say in Hebrews, do not forsake the gathering together as many will as the last days approach. Can I say it this way? The government became our God and we listened. But again, you ready? What the devil intends for evil, God always uses for good. And I'm going to end with that. The vaccine. Go get it. Okay, next. No, listen, no. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you because there's people here that have gotten it, quite frankly. Ready? Listen, I don't have an issue with the vaccine. I know some people have more of an issue because of what it's made up. I'm not that smart. I, I understand that. That's not the point. This is not, this is not anti-vaccine. What this is is what they are doing, the officials and the government in this country, what they're doing through this vaccine. It's the, the, the reaction to it, if I could say it. And I'm not talking physically. Listen, catch this. There is a strong push to mandate it, to control and manipulate people with it. What am I saying? You can lose your job if you don't get it. You can't travel if you don't get it. You can't enter certain stores if you don't get it. And it's all on, come on, it's not done out of information, somebody help me here. Jesus, forgive us. It's done out of shame. That's the driving force behind it. If you don't get it, you're killing somebody. If you don't get it, you're being selfish. If you don't get it, you're ridiculous, you're racist, you're bigoted. And it's all about shame. I want to tell you right now, God doesn't bring about shame. The devil does. So don't force me to do something that goes against my beliefs out of shame. And can you believe we've gotten to the point now where we're telling people that if, if they don't, they're, they're persecuting us, they're calling us radicals, they're calling us bigoted, sexist, all these other things. You know, I, I've seen this on Facebook, and please, if you've done this, 
I'm not railing on you specifically, but I want to tell you what I believe is happening behind the scenes. I've been seeing people post these cards. I got my vaccine. I did my part. I've never seen you do that for vaccine before. Why are you doing it now? Because you're being manipulated by the government to put pressure on us that don't want to get it. You might have innocently done it. I understand. But I'm telling you, it's all about shame. We're going to shame those Christians. And notice that it's really all this is always about the church. We're going to shame those Christians because a lot of Christians, a lot of anti-vaxxers are Christians. All under the umbrella of shame. Shame on you for not caring about your fellow citizens. Shame on you for being selfish. Shame on you for being reckless. My wife had this happen to her this week. I probably should ask her if I could tell the story. But she tried to go into a business. Not wearing a mask. Now, what these people don't realize is we both had COVID. She just gave her blood a little bit ago and still has the antibodies. So she's, she's pretty good. We're good. She goes to open the door, and there's a guy inside holding the door closed because she doesn't have a mask on. And points like this, and she goes, no. And he flips her off. Yeah, there's no hate from the other side. But I'm going to be honest with you. It happened. And she, this is exactly what she did. I was so proud of her. She called me up and said, hey, I just want to let you know this just happened. And just in case I get beat up. And I sat there and I thought to myself, she, didn't, she walked right in after him. As soon as he let go, she opened the door, smiled at him, walked right in. And I thought to myself, see, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, that's persecution. Now, you could say people aren't, Christians aren't being persecuted. You are absolutely being persecuted. But I want to tell you something. That's how you handle it. You don't justify it. You don't mag because I went down. I called her. I said, "I'll be right there." And I got there. I said, "Where is he?" And my mom, my wife's just like, "Chill out. It's fine. We're, we're just totally fine." He saw me. Saw me walking by. We turned around. But I said to myself, "You know what? We're going to see more of that. We got to be okay with that. We got to be okay that we're identified with Jesus Christ, and that might not be popular." Again, personal beliefs, even godly beliefs, are being marginalized and minimalized under the mantle of shame. I believe it. Listen, I believe all of this is what I stated a couple months ago when I preached on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the revelation of the Antichrist that's coming, the spirit of lawlessness that's coming, and that a great delusion is going to come beforehand to prepare the way of the Antichrist, I believe we're seeing that right now. And it's doing its best to get everybody to follow one voice, one agenda, one mandate. And if you buck that, you are seen as anti-fill-in-the-blank. And it's scary to think how quickly this country is falling under that delusion and just freely stepping into it. The Bible says it's going to be so hard, so difficult, that even the elect are going to be deceived. My job as your pastor is to arm you with knowledge, to understand. The Bible says because of a lack of knowledge, people perish. I believe we're going to see that in our day. But I'm supposed to here arm you with the ability to recognize, listen, if you want to get vaccine, that's fine. But don't let them use you as a weapon against those that don't want to. If you want to vote Democrat, that's your business. It's not mine. But don't use that to hate on somebody else that thinks differently than you. Because I'm telling you, it's dividing our country, and it's taking us right where the, oh, come on. Come on. 
There's so much hate in our country right now. All it would take was one man to come in and bring together everybody under one banner of unity and peace, peace, and we're there. It's called the Antichrist, and that's what's coming. We're in a prime spot to see that take place. We are living in the days of Noah, and the rain is picking up. Be aware. Be on your guard. Be prepared. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. For more information on our church, check out our Facebook page or our website, www.lighthousecanton.com. Have a great week.